Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. Tom Salemi here with our great host, Steve Krupa. Hey, Steve. Hey, Tom. How are you? Good, good. I wasn't able to, uh, to find the Welcome Back theme song to, uh, to play prior to this, so I'm sorry about that. The, the, <laughs> the special effects department failed us. But, uh, yeah. But we've got our return John, guest. You mean John Sebastian's version of Welcome Back? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I was thinking Welcome Back, Cotter, but is that? I think that's the. I think that's that the same a, one. I, one of the same. Okay, all right. Maybe I got that wrong. I'm gonna have to Google that. Oh, great! Right. Now people are gonna send us angry emails about that. All the big John Sebastian fans. Yeah. But we're welcoming back Sean Duffy, the CEO and co-founder of Omada Health. Uh, they've uh, they've raised fifty million dollars lately, and hell, why not talk to them? That's a lot of money. And uh, I like the part where he said it's all because he was on the Breaking Health podcast and at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. He, he laid all his success at your, for, at your footstep, I think. No, I think I've been instrumental in his money raising. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> listen, I'll, I'll take credit for anything <laughs> in my life. So if I'm helping Sean raise money, uh, I'm, happy to, I'm, happy to, uh, I'm happy to take credit for it. Sure. Why not? Anything you want to bring in? We can get right into the conversation because we, we played the uh, interview with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. We played the, uh, the first interview that you did in 2015. So people, our regular listeners, are, uh, are up to date on, on what Omada does. But uh, what was your takeaway from your, uh, your conversation? You know, they, they do a very good job of sort of linking um, what I would describe as the, uh, the consumer, uh, media, design, sort of aspect, sort of Apple-ish approach to their business um, in terms of, you know, being very appealing, uh, both in their web design and sort of in their product design to, re, you know, to real clinical um, and, and, sci- and scientific uh, capability and study. And if he gets that part of this thing right, which is I think the bet investors are making, that he's going to get both of those pieces together into one, um, it's a really important innovation if he's able to get people with diabetes or prediabetes to get their BMIs down. I mean, everybody knows it's an issue. We're talking about people with BMIs in the you know low 30s and above. So you know, people that are significantly heavy, he's not going to produce any you know sort of fitness models from the program, but he's going to get people to drop the weight they need to drop to get all of those metabolic indicators down to normal ranges and. Uh, if there's a way, if somebody succeeds in in uh, in showing a significant difference, there, wow, that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Great. So I think that's the bet that investors are making that he's sort of got the formula for that because there are other people trying. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's got Cigna and Civilization Ventures and uh, Sanofi Genzyme BioVentures, which I thought was an interesting, interesting yeah. player. So. And a bunch of cool guys like uh, Andreessen Horowitz and people like that early on. So. You know, but if you really look at it, I think I said something to him, you know, I love the way you're, you know, if you look at it, it really is sort of that thing, that combination of great design and, uh, and science. If he hits that, um, it'd be very unique. Terrific. Well, let's, uh, let's hear from Sean Duffy, CEO and co-founder of Omada Health. Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. Um, here with Sean Duffy the CEO of Omada Health, and Sean and I have hung out before on the podcast, so congratulations on being only the second person to do two podcasts, the other one uh, being Robert, <laughs> Robert Mittendorf. The, uh, that's fantastic. I, 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 I didn't know I had that honor, but I am honored. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, if you keep raising all this money, we'll have you back a third time. You know, just to. Just I gotta, to... I've got to add the. Uh, I've got to add that to my LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two two appearances, not just one, uh, on the Breaking Health podcast. So so exactly. that, that's good. You got that going for you, which is which is nice, right? Which is nice. So again, welcome. Uh, we've we've talked in the past about Omada. Omada gets a lot of attention in, in the press. You've got a pretty stellar group of investors behind you. But before we sort of take this into a what what's been going on, just to remind the listeners, you and I probably spoke in uh, Christmas time, 2015. So spinning that around, that's a year and a half or so of progress in your business in the startup world. That can mean a whole lot. Um, uh, and what would probably be a good jumping off point uh, to the discussion is just to sort of uh, give the listeners a little background on Omada, those that may not have uh, listened to, to, the, to the prior podcast. What's the business? What's the value prop? And, and why are our investors uh, coming, coming to you um, as, as in the magnitude they are? I, 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 my calculation is around $120 million of capital raised to date. Is that right? Actually, about 130. Actually, nice, nice. What's 10 million dollars among friends, Sean? I mean, what's the, what's the... <laughs> <laughs> well? It brings me back to um, the early days of Amato, where I, you know, I started Amato while in medical school, and um, uh, you know, raised the seed round without knowing, uh, you know, a single VC or, frankly, even what venture capital was. Um, uh, and you know, it was incredibly hard to pick up a 800k. So come a lot from come a long way from there. Absolutely, absolutely. So talk about the business. I mean, you're, you're helping people lose weight, which is theoretically a way to improve their diabetes, but I know you've got bigger ambitions than that. So, so give me a sense of, of what yeah, you're Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So from, I mean, from a product standpoint, Omada, um, you know, we built a program called the Omada program that, you know, as you mentioned, um, uh, you know, helps folks make lifestyle change and lose weight, um, you know, but specifically it's for individuals where there's already warning signs of chronic disease or uh, really uh, kind of early metabolic disease. You know, you may have prediabetes, cardiovascular risk factors, you know, like hypertension and high cholesterol. Um, uh, and it's a very behaviorally forward uh, program, which is, which is really mission critical. Um, from an from a, uh, epidemiology standpoint, we're in a situation around the world where for the first time in human history, preventable chronic disease is killing more people than infectious disease. Uh, you know, so clearly this is untenable. It's not tenable from a clinical standpoint uh, for patient outcomes, and it's not tenable from an economic standpoint. Um, and, and really, the, the silver lining in all of this, uh, you know, doom and gloom, um, is that there are evidence-based programs. You actually can make a difference. Uh, and there's this whole body of clinical literature that studies what it takes to help people uh, in a very high-touch way, in person make lifestyle change and lose, lose weight, again, in the right way to reduce risk of disease. And, you know, it's shown that by intervening in the right moment, you can dramatically um, slow the progression through chronic disease, in some cases eliminate, eliminate it entirely. Um, you know, and our company got our start by recognizing this reality, that, that there is a possibility here, uh, recognizing that basically every single clinical guideline across the globe suggests that people with these risk factors should be referred to intensive programs. Um, yet addressing the, the key need, which is scalability, because a lot of the evidence that shows what is possible uh, was done in an in-person setting, very high-touch programs, very people-based programs. And Omada's, uh, you know, charter from day one has been taking this sort of intervention and, and you know, not removing the high-touch components. In fact, we have, you know, relatively people-based um, intervention, but making it 
uh, scalable and even smarter through technology, you know, design and data science. So that's that's the, uh, the the quick one hundred and one. And so uh, I know a lot of these programs are, have been put out by the CDC and I guess from other government um, bodies that have suggested you know methodologies for high touch programs for weight loss. Did you go and grab one of them and uh, adapt it to a digital environment, or did you create your own, or did you do some sort of combination of the two, or are you iterating your way to optim- optimizing the program? Yeah, you know, I would think of the, the efforts from the CDC as, and others as really laying, laying kind of a, a foundation upon which people can innovate on top of, um, where it's, uh, you know, basic... Uh, me, you know, methodology guidelines, et cetera. You know, it's, it, that whole landscape started with in-person programs, um, and we 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 kind of fell into it accidentally. Um, you know, the idea behind Omada was started by frankly reading PubMed and just you know looking at all the clinical trials in the chronic disease space, really thinking about um, you know what was what I felt was off in digital health in 2011, which was there wasn't enough evidence, and there were no digital health companies, you know, in my opinion, building consumer-grade product experiences while taking the very, very long and sometimes expensive road of publishing clinical trials and, you know, really making sure that you map, that you map on the clinical needs. So we, we in, a, in an exploratory project, just kept hearing this call to arms in the epidemiology community, which is, you know, community, which was, we need as a country to scale this sort of intervention. And then we, we started um, learning more, and we went to the CDC conference and, and heard, you know, they, they kind of told us, like, hey, have you heard about the National Diabetes Prevention Program? Like, no, tell us more. And, you know, it turned out that there was a huge national initiative to try to make this happen for the country and work to turn these programs into something that's, you know, reproducible, scalable, standardized, so that, uh, you know, that all the folks in need, you know, across the, across the country could have access. And so uh, I, I would say early on, digital wasn't uh, embraced as a significant part of the effort, you know, simply because there wasn't enough evidence base. So, you know, we, um, that was task one at Omada is, is, you know, run, um, uh, you know, people, program published peer-reviewed results and, you know, work to establish uh, uh, the credibility of a digital delivery of this uh, sort of intervention as, um, uh, you know, hitting hitting the sort of results that are needed to make an impact. Um, so, that, yeah, they all kind of had, they all kind of went and went in parallel and you know it's a really fascinating time for this space so um when 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 i spoke first spoke to you um and i kind of found you i don't know if it was your series a or series b but you know a really sound group of uh, silicon valley investors it's sort of gotten you started and then propped you up with further further rounds of capital and you were i if i'm re- remembering right you were in maybe the 30 30,000 people had done the program, maybe a little bit less than that, maybe a little more than that. But you'd sort of gotten some good experience under your belt at that point in time. And I remember asking you the, the, the question, do the people that do the program want to do the program? Is it a program that they're sort of being compelled to do? What is the, the approach? And, and obviously a lot of success is around behavior change, and we know that um, – you know, 60% or so of chronic illness is determined by social determinants. Um, is the program sticking? Do you get people to lose weight? Are they back on the program a year later? What are the dynamics of, of working with, with patients that really need to control their weight in order to prevent disease? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's sticking. I mean, we've now published two-year uh, results looking at both hemoglobin A1C reduction and weight loss. We're, um, we've submitted our three-year, uh, three-year results as well. The, um, 
you know, the, you know, a couple, I think a couple of key points, um, uh, you know, one, one, if you look at the literature, like you really need a behavioral forward program and no program, you know, can be perfect. So you always, you know, the goal of behavioral science is always to do, uh, you know, as, as a, you know, best, best of a job that, you know, as possible with every single person. And now, um, you know, and track it digitally, you know, we've, we've hit a point now where we have, um, we're just about to cross the 20 million weight reading mark, uh, you know, 20 million times, um, you know, people have stepped on their scales, uh, you know, in our program. Uh, and I actually think it makes it the largest longitudinal data set of these, inter- this sort of intervention in the world. Um, in fact, we're running a contest uh, at Omada right now on when we're going to hit that 20 million mark. It could be over the next couple of days. Um, you know, and, and so we're, nice. we're seeing results up to three years, you know, massive data set. And we actually use that to really think about how we design an outcomes-based pricing model. So you don't even frankly have to take our word for it. We make profit on only the outcome. Um, and, you know, and we don't, we don't, we typically advise partners that we work with to not, um, uh, you know, use any incentives or not suggest any incentives, uh, you know, financial incentives to people that are in the program. Um, the, the, our point of view is always that, um, the decision to join a program, though sometimes people think it's not malleable and they're like, oh, well, only, you know, you, you know, people who are really uh, ambitious to make change are going to join it. You know, if if you create a very compelling consumer experience and it's a program that's communicated to you as having, you know, value at the consumer level and seems, uh, you know, neat, interesting, beautiful, smart, um, uh, you know, all, all kind of the dynamics that would pull you to any consumer experience, as long as you have that. Um, we, you know, we we found we can get great uptake. Um, you know, in fact, with many with many of our um, uh, you know employer accounts, uh, you know, ahead of uh, discussing how we're going to roll out with them, they'll share. Look, you know, go for it. You can you know market to our employees, but I've got to say we've tried everything. It's really tough to get our group to engage. And a couple months later, they're like, "How did you do that? Um, <laughs> how did you, know, you do it? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's not ignoring kind of marketing fundamentals. I mean, you can't." Um, Though, though everything about what we do is very evidence-based, um, you know, if you're putting out a message to somebody and, you know, and you say, and it leads with, you know, in, in 2002, the New England Journal of Medicine demonstrated that there would be a 58% risk reduction in the conversion for prediabetes into type. Like, you can't go there. It needs to right. be like, congratulations, there's this incredible new benefit. Like, uh, you know, check it out. Let's see if, let's see if you're a fit. Um, so, you, you know, it is a lot about the... Um, the brass tacks of a very thoughtful comms and marketing approach to, to make people energized, to give it a go. And then, and then kind of once they're in, it's, you know, it's a very operationally complex program. And, you know, you mentioned social determinants of, of, um, you know, health, those can be negative, but those can also be positive influences. And a lot about our program is frankly about feeling, you know, loved, supported, you know, that you're, you've got people rooting for you, that you're seeing others progress. There is, you know, it's, it's driven by a lot of social psychology. Yeah, silly, silly comment, but I, you know, when I look at the website, you got a picture of your scale up there, right? And I, I remember going to it and saying, you know, that's the nicest looking scale I've seen, right? I mean, it's a good looking scale. <laughs> you know, when I, the scale well, in my bathroom doesn't look that nice. <laughs> there you go. It's actually got a, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, got a cell phone chip in it. So you as a user don't even have to be tech savvy. It just, you open it, you step on it, you have an email saying your scale's connected, which is another thing. You got to, um, Make it so that anyone from any walk of life, as long as they can, you know, open a website and download an app, can uh, uh, really effectively use your program. Yeah, I mean, it used to be, you know, technology was was awesome because it enabled some something you couldn't do, and 
really what we're finding to, in, is that that design is becoming you know the the, the leading indicator yep. of success in technology oftentimes right yeah no it's, it's funny I mean like it's almost like um the way I've sometimes described it is like uh, your you know kind of your holistic user experience and, and I, you know when I think of design I think of it with a you know, that capital D sometimes people of design is just as visuals but it's really about the holistic user experience you know what voice you use to say hi to people what it the you know what emotions people might experience along the time horizon of working with you, you know, how you introduce them to the group, you know, and the visuals. But, you know, I almost think of design weirdly as kind of like our small molecule where it's um, the concoction of all the things that we need to put together to, um, uh, you know, make it so that's effective. And then, you know, and then through, you know, data science and, um, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, deep analytics, we can use that to really personalize the designed experience. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation with Sean Duffy to remind you that the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit registration is open. Go to healthogy.com, that's the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y.com to sign up. This event has been sold out for the last two years, likely we'll sell it again, so don't be shut out. We uh, worked on the agenda this week, met with the co-chairs and the advisory board. It sounds great, it looks great, it will be great, so make sure you go to healthogy.com to sign up for the November 28th Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit in Boston. Now back to this talk with Sean Duffy. So let's go into this round of financing. It's obviously, I mean, uh, fifty million, roughly, most recently. That's right. Yeah. The prep. So you had eighty million raised. You went out for another fifty. Um, Cigna was a big part of the round. Who else was in, your, in the round with you? That that uh, that's public information. Yeah, our, our, our existing investors, uh, you know, and a couple a couple of new, you know, financial investors, um, uh, you know, Civilization Ventures, um, uh, uh, Sanity uh, Ventures, uh, you know, after kind of seeing some of our, our clinical outcomes and data. Um, uh, so you know, it was, it was a neat group, and, and this was this was kind of a fun one. I've I've always, uh, you know, I think this is a really good thing to do in healthcare. Um, you know. Be, Curious on kind of your perspective, uh, you know, too. But I've always, if we already have a working relationship with a customer, um, I've always asked, you know, when doing a financing, if they, um, you know, they'd be interested in joining the round in some capacity, sure. you know, even if it's just, you know, 500k million. I love the alignment. It's kind of nice. I think it's a it's just a net positive always. Um, so we've had that happen a ton at Omada. You know, in fact, usually we'll get a yes, uh, absolutely on the other side of that. I mean, ranging from you know Kaiser, Providence, you know, Humana, you name it. Um, you know, in this instance, we had some really fabulous work with men. You know, we, um, uh, you know, asked them, hey, you know, you're interested in joining? And actually, we're interested in leading. So that was, you know, it was really a kind of a, a neat outcome. And there's a whole a lot of very innovative work we can do together. Um, you know, and really found alignment along a number number of fronts. You know, one, the clinical evidence, but but secondly. Uh, you know, they're, they like other, uh, you know, payers, but they especially are, are working to bring um, the world of healthcare, healthcare to more of a value-based, uh, you know, contracting, uh, you know, world. And we've, we've always been really keen to price on outcomes. And we've done that, uh, you know, since day one in Armada, which is, um, you know, we think a, a thing that more of the world needs. So uh, felt a lot of alignment there that, that you know, the round kind of came together. Yes. Yeah, so tell me the story that you told Sigma, Cigna as part of, uh, you know, obviously they, they said they want to lead. I'm sure you had to meet with a few executives over there to talk them into into making the investment or explain to them the the rationale behind the investment. What is what what is the story that takes us from the last time we talked to today and 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 uh, compelled them to want to invest uh, to invest with you? 
Well, and, you know, in, in this instance, um, yes, of course, we shared our story, but but we had already worked with that with a number of customers, and you know, a lot of their executives, uh, you know, internally were familiar with our you know our capabilities and the feedback that they'd gotten, you know, from their clients and members. So, um, you know, yes, it was our, us telling our story, but um, you know, I think the customer diligence was pretty easy for them because they, you know, they they they'd kind of seen it in action, and you know, it's something we're really proud of, Urbana. We um. You know, in fact, in our entire uh, you know six-year history, we've never had a partner kind of try us in, in a pilot form and not expand the relationship. You know, we have a kind of a hundred percent, one hundred percent hit right there. So it was, um, you know, it was a bit seeing in action. Uh, and then, you know, we happen to have um, some really, uh, you know, meaningful, uh, you know, alignment with them, you know, executives across, uh, you know, the, the the you know the world of Sigma, and um, uh, you know, put together kind of a big clinical package to make sure they were comfortable you know, with their approach and, you know, data and, and guidelines and, and really learn more about their strategy for differentiating, you know, themselves to the health plan and, and kind of really um, felt like it fit in. And I think there there was a kind of a neat a neat quote in the, um, you know, the press release from the Sigma side, which is with our chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Muni. And, you know, the quote was, uh, you know, this relationship is more than an investment or simple collaboration. It's an important step toward the future state of healthcare. Uh, and we felt, uh, that exact same sentiment. So, you know, it was one of those words really, um, it was a very collaborative, um, you know, process figuring out how to, how to make this happen. And it was, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of a wonderful outcome for both parties. So, so give me a sense of the growth in the business since the last time we talked, we can start with an easy measure. How many employees did you have two years ago and how many do you have today? Uh, we've got uh, you know one one uh, uh, one with with our health coaches in, in the uh, I think it's like two two twenty around um, wow. you know the, that that org, that org uh, you know keeps growing you know those are all um, we have our health coaches as, as full time employees and then you know geez, it had it just had extraordinary growth on the you know in the enrollment side I mean you know you mentioned kind of thirty thousand now we you're well past the hundred thousand you know enrollment mark um, you know and, and growing quickly you know each year getting bigger you know and bigger and bigger than the last and you know what's what's happening from a macro standpoint, uh, which we've you know we've always wanted to happen from the you know the very beginning is um uh, you know that these sorts of programs become more clinically adopted um, and you know it's, it's weird Omada Omada kind of doesn't fit into typically viewed as a medical intervention. I mean we're you know the world sometimes doesn't know what to do with us. I mean we you know we contract as a provider. We're a HIPAA covered entity. You know, by HIPAA law, we file claims, um, you know, on our participants when they enroll. Um, and, you know, what's happening is the there's just a growing acceptance, um, you know, of of the fact that a digital program can deliver a meaningful clinical outcome. And, you know, these these programs got reviewed, you know, by ICER, right, which typically reviews uh, drugs and devices. And they deemed it, uh, you know, a, a very positive thing from uh, both a, a clinical and economic standpoint. Um we signed a partnership with the American Medical Association and Intermount to work to bring the uh, you know the realization that digital you know has an important role to play in um, you know in uh, outcomes in this space uh, to to more and more clinicians and care teams across the country. So th- th- you know those those trade winds we think uh, you know will continue to blow, and you know our hope is that you know when when I'm on the you know the podcast for the tenth time you know 15 years from now. <laughs> Um, you know, our, our program will be written into every single medical policy in the country and anyone at high risk for disease um, will, you know, be a benefit for it. And we will have, you know, crafted and tailored an incredibly personalized experience so that, 
uh, it just feels like an incredibly simple thing to you know and you know to 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 join and and do and and uh, you know progress. So yeah, so lots, you know lots lots of progress and lots and you know I, I also still funny feel funnily feel like um. I'm incredibly proud of what we've done, but I always like laugh at the the, the fact that we are just getting started. I mean, oh, yeah. it's um, you know, we have not made an impact in you know, broad epidemiology yet in the U.S., so we're gonna we're gonna continue to be hungry. No, no, and it's a long run, right? It's a long run, changing behavior, yeah. particularly uh, you know, generations of behavior, right? Is a very, very tough thing to do. I feel compelled to ask tough. you a tough question. You ready? <laughs> yep. Um, go for it. So a lot of times when people talk about weight loss, you know, we start to talk about food, right? We start to talk about diet, components yep. of diet. Um, I could probably, you know, do any number of searches on the web about what I should be eating, and I could find an argument for a vegan diet. I could find an argument for a paleo diet. Um, I could find an argument for a balanced diet. I could find an argument for all sorts of ways to eat. Um, are you trying to change the things that uh, people eat or are you just trying to change the amount that they eat or what is the key to getting people um, that are either pre-diabetic or diabetic to lose weight? Is it getting them to ascribe to a certain ideology around food or a certain psychology around food? It's, it's far more on the psychology front. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it is fascinating. The, 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 you know, the thing I would say, uh, you know, to, to listeners, um, that tends to be a bit unrealized is food, t- food typically comes first in lifestyle interventions. I mean, it's not, you know, exercise actually reduces mortality. It's a great, you know, fabulous thing to do. But if you're looking to, you know, make lifestyle change, lose weight, you really have to, you know, start with food. Um, right. You know, in fact, one of the best summaries of the literature in this, uh, you know, space is on, uh, is, is, you know, Vox.com. And anyone out there listening, you know, go to Vox and type in, um, uh, you know, food weight loss into the search. And it, it, but it, it is just the case. So, so you have to focus on that. And you think, well, okay, how? Because what you've commented on is a reality in the nutrition space. There's incredible levels of ideology, and in large part, that's because it's hard to run nutritional studies. Um, you know, the the amount of participants that you'd need, and you know, you need in some of these trials has to be absolutely enormous. And, and there may be a world where Ramada can contribute to that science, and you know, quickly do a randomized controlled trial with arms of a hundred thousand participants in each. But um, right now, it's a, it, you know, it's very complex, and there's, uh, you know, folks on, you know, all sorts of, you know, areas of the spectrum. But principally, what, you know, if you take a behaviorally and psychology forward, you know, approach, what you want to do is, um, you know, really the following: first, it's um, ultra-specific calorie counting tends not to be the best approach. Um, uh, you know, really, you want people to reflect on. Uh, you know, whether they, based on their knowledge, feel like what they ate is healthy and then whether they feel like they ate too much or too little and not not try to get people to track every every single little calorie. That tends to be, you know, not, not kind of the right approach. Um, you know, secondly, the best way to think of it is more of kind of a displacement approach versus an ideological approach, which is like there are there are areas of food health that are pretty that there's a ton of alignment on, you know, what's what's, you know, right or wrong, you know, processed a lot of the processed food that, you know, is always in the, you know, the center of the grocery store is, is a kind of a net negative, um, uh, you know, for, for, uh, you know, people eating and, um, uh, you know, people get way more calories from, you know, beverages than they, uh, you know, than they, than they need. And, you know, what you really want to do is instead of telling people don't eat that, help them align on what healthy foods, um, they tend to enjoy and just focus them on the positive aspects. You know, the, 
have a psychological focus on the the you know what what you want to introduce to your diet. And when that when you do that, what happens is it tends to displace some of the stuff that's not as healthy. Uh, and you know, healthier options tend to have a lower caloric density and a higher nutrient density. Mm-hmm. So they leave you feeling a bit more full um, uh, and you know, and, and, and satisfied with less calories. So you know, you and it's easier. I mean, it's so because like potato chips taste like so great. It's it, you know, it's it's much easier psychologically to focus on what healthy things you can introduce and also help people reflect on the fact that like you're gonna have slips. You know, a lot of the curriculum is about, you know, reversing negative thoughts, you know, dealing with social cues, how to talk to your friends about the fact that you have lifestyle goals, um, how to eat out successfully. It's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of that. And success for us, which, which is a story we sometimes hear, is, is people that comment to us, uh, you know, like, you know, look, I was at the grocery store and I looked at the cart in front of me and I found myself judging them for what they're feeding their family. And what I realized was that, you know, a couple of months ago, that was me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody's gone through that transition where it's, you've changed your identity. You, you know, in my personal example, and I don't know when this happened, but, you know, I used to be someone who, you know, drank soda. And I don't know when that, when the shift happened, but that's, I, like, that, I don't even, yeah. You know, by 10 years, I haven't picked up. I've had a single sip of soda. It's like, you know, the, but it's just not part of my identity. So, well, we just you know, replaced you it with beer or something. Re- <laughs> <laughs> In moderation. Yeah. Um, you know, what you want to do is, is uh, really kind of help people address their relationship with food and not, you know, and, and, and not try to do, you know, meal replacements, not try to have people overcount. That, that tends to be the most effective. And, it, and, it, and, you know, is that how your program is structured, is just to try to get the people to talk about, to think about what they're eating and start to displace things that, you know, look, everybody knows what crap food is, right? I mean, I don't even have to tell anybody. I mean, we all know what it is. We like a lot of it, like ice cream, stuff to, to not to have an ice cream once in a while or a beer or something like that. But is, is that what you're just trying to do, you're just trying to guide people away from – the tough stuff and maybe towards something a little bit better gradually so that they can feel better about themselves and then notice the difference in the way they're, they're feeling as a result. Is that the, is that, yeah. is that the essence of the program? Well, well, so the, yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole construct is, um, uh, you know, includes first getting people set up with the data to allow them set a clear goal. So you know, we get them the hardware with their scale. Then we match them into small groups based on you know, demographics, location, we pair those groups with a health coach, and you know the goal is for them to find inspiration from the groups and feel supported by, you know, a real person that can you know help tailor the program to them and just feel like you know have them feel like there's someone really rooting for them. Then we kick them off on the curriculum for the foundational program, which is 16 weeks. So we paint you know a destination postcard like, look, this is a great you know weight loss target over the course of these 16 weeks. Everybody in the group shares that journey and that target together, and you get to kind of see how people are doing and if they're doing their lessons. And then the lessons are divided in different topic areas. So, you know, we start with food, um, which is, you know, base baseline, uh, you know, tr- nutritional understanding. And there's little, um, you know, we've got like little games in the curriculum, like how to identify food frauds. And I, you know, I would say that, yes, um, uh, you know, everybody in quote knows, you know, what's, what's healthy or not, but there are some, you know, basic kind of food frauds out there. Um, you know, I mean, one, one good, for instance, is, you know, I think orange juice, people sometimes wake up at breakfast and, you know, drink a gallon of that stuff. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, almost got as much sugar as, uh, you know, Coke. Right, right. Um, you know, 
so there are things that you have to, you know, like low-fat yogurt tends to be incredibly high in processed sugar. So, you know, there are things that you, you really do need to help educate people on. But then, you know, that first phase is about that education, starting to think about this displacement approach. Um, you know, the second phase, which is kind of month two, is more about physical activity, you know, how to incorporate more of that in your life. That actually is really helpful in psychology. Um, you know, you tend to feel really good when you, um, uh, you know, embark on physical activity. It actually helps you, um, you know, in many instances, take on better food behaviors. And then everything after that is psychology. Uh, you know, it's things like, you know, recognizing that it's absolutely okay to, you know, to, um, you know, not always have healthy foods and forgive yourself for it and, you know, try to have the majority of diet be healthy. That's part of, that's part of a, a balanced lifestyle. And there's no, you know, need, you know, you gotta, you gotta be kind to yourself through this process. Um, you know, and it's a lot of just, you know, those, those bits of recognition, um, that allow people to have kind of a very, um, uh, you know, a very healthy relationship with, uh, you know, food in their lifestyle, but that's, you know, something that they can, you know, feel like they, they can be proud of and sustain. Very good. Very good. Well, this has been a great update. I, I feel like we're coming up to our, to our time. Um, last question would be, um, uh, obviously you get, getting a lot of attention, but there are places where people can come and find out about you. Maybe you can talk about your website, uh, Facebook, Twitter, are you doing any blogging, all that stuff. Where, where can people, uh, go to find out more about Omada? Yeah, the number, I mean, the number one, um, uh, you know, is just our website and that's, you know, omadahealth.com. Uh, and then, you know, for those listening, um, you know, ask, ask your employer, HR team, you know, ask your health plan. If you have relationships there, if um, we might be a covered benefit, um, it's funny. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we are, uh, and people don't even know about it. I actually was, um, you know, funnily enough, hanging out with a friend, um, you know, a couple months ago and, um, uh, you know, they're, you know, I was asking, well, what, what plan are you on? And they're like, Oh, you know, it's called like the health net blue and gold plan. I'm like, you know, we're a covered benefit. Like you actually have access to a program. And they were like, no way. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, folks listening, you may be, um, you know, you may, uh, may be covered for you. So I, I would focus on kind of those, those two, uh, those two angles. Terrific. Hey, listen, thanks for coming back, and uh, good to see you doing so well. Really awesome. Uh, 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 sure thing, Steve. Honored to uh, you know, come back for uh, round two and looking forward to round three. Well, welcome back, Sean Duffy. Thanks for joining us again on the Breaking Health Podcast. And uh, just so you know, it was indeed John Sebastian who did the Welcome Back theme. And uh, he is also uh, known as the front man for uh, Love and Spoonful. So Steve Krupa, Google that after uh, we recorded the introduction and wanted to make sure his uh, his Breaking Health podcast listeners were, were well served. And, of course, he wanted them to know that he was right. Thank you, Steve Krupa, for your, uh, your great help with the Breaking Health podcast. And uh, thank you, podcast listeners, for joining us. Give us a ranking on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Shoot me an email at tom at healthag.com. That is the word health, followed by the letters egy.com. Love to get some feedback on the podcast and uh, any suggestions about future guests. Finally, do tell your friends if they are as interested in innovation in healthcare as you are. And of course, join us on November 28th at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit in Boston. Registration has been open. We are uh, seeing lots of folks walk in. I, uh, I met with the co-chairs this week and our advisory board. We've got a great agenda coming together, so why wait? Go to healthag.com, register to attend the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit in Boston, my hometown. <laughs>